0: Greetings, Earthlings! (laughs) Welcome to (laughs) episode 4 of season 4, if you have just joined. My name is Robin of Witch on Instagram, and I'm joined by the beautiful, sensual, angelic Maria of Maria the Arcane on Instagram. And (laughs) (laughs) later today... Later or later this episode, we are joined by Laura de Vila, uh, the author of Mexican Sorcery, to talk about Brujería de Rancho. So it's a great chat. Stick around. We enjoyed
1: <laughs> it. was such a good chat. So I highly recommend listening. And,
0: yes. and we have a
1: kitchen witchery class this Saturday, February 25th. So... If you can join, that would be great. But if you also want to see it at a later date, you can
0: join our Patreon
1: at any time after the twenty fifth and see it. Like yes, that's recorded. So yeah,
0: it'll be recorded. So you won't be able to ask questions if you can't make the class, but you can mm-hmm. still get all the valuable information. And um, I've seen
1: Laurel's stuff that she has planned for the class, and it's pretty. It is amazing. There might even be a bread making like little thingy and making herbal infusions like laurel's going all out she's going like cooking sh- cooking show but like <laughs> the kitchen witchery class like it's gonna be
0: amazing so i'm so excited <laughs> please join <laughs> If you've just joined us this episode, every single episode, we talk about upcoming lunar phases and how we can utilize those in our practice. The closest one to today's airing (laughs) is going to be on March 7th. It is the full moon in Virgo, which is very exciting. Um, I'm personally a major fan of Virgo moons, uh, which is funny because I am... Mm. In, as a person, I'm very chaotic. But when it comes to like my life, I'm very organized, um, which you would never think looking at my space. If you could see the house, my house behind me right now, you'd be like, oh, okay, Robin. Uh,
1: <laughs> you live with two other humans. I that mean, is true. That and is a, true. in we'll a bus, Robin. Home.
0: Yeah, in a tiny home. But regardless, <laughs> I am, it's mostly the one little human that makes everything chaotic. Uh, but preach. <laughs> but the full moon of virgo is a really good time to utilize organization um creating any kind of um, i was gonna say organization again but realistically like list making to kind of facilitate your life to make it flow a little bit more evenly Mm -hmm. it's a good time to do things like spring cleaning getting your house in order actually if you are a spellcaster this month um for the patreon maria has something up her sleeve that would work perfectly for this full moon Mm -hmm. (laughs) um it is a just a really good moon to utilize things like getting our shit in order Mm -hmm. Uh, if you're going to be using it magically this would be a really good time to use magic for things like (sighs) climbing chains at work making sure that you know the The promotion chain is linear. This Mm -hmm. is a good time to do things like cleansing and clearing out your space and a really good time to set realistic goals for yourself Mm -hmm. and do magic that is based around motivation to keep you on track for that. Um, This isn't necessarily a moon that we're going to do big like air quote manifestations around, but Mm -hmm. it is a really good time to give ourselves really strong structural foundations to see ourselves to success yeah i agree with everything you said
1: and i personally i think i will be using this moon for the plans that i set at the beginning of the year to just kind of like i've already started working on them and so the full moon i'm going to put a little bit more oomph behind them you know Mm -hmm. like maybe do the same not the same spell that i did for the new moon for them um but just you know continuing to feed it so it continues to grow into something yeah. larger just like making that plan excel rather than slow down
0: yeah but, i love them yeah
1: but i do I mean, agree with the whole planning aspect like planning uh, planning, yeah, planning, planning, planning planning
0: planning capricorn planning. and virgo
1: for full moons are like perfect for planning. that stuff.
0: So. plan 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 <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, so if you just joined us for this episode or haven't listened to the other episodes so far this season in lieu of choosing a card and discussing it like we were doing previous seasons we're instead going to concentrate on like whole sections in tarot like the major arcana, the minor and then move on to aces, ones and so on. I think it would be very fun and helpful for people to understand tarot on a deeper level and to shake things up on the podcast a bit but anyways this week we're discussing our biggest thoughts on pentacles pentacles are typically shaped like coins, discs or even fruit on tarot decks mainly featuring a pentagram on them and to me that shows how connected like the earth in is to like all elements even spirit like you typically need something of earth to start a fire you need something of earth to cradle water and air moves through the earth while we will get more into the topic of growth Here in a second, to me, this interconnectedness shows that how growth is so integral to drive emotions and what we need to fight for. Now, pentacles relate to element of earth, like I said, which means we are dealing, um, when dealing with the suit, we are looking at how we grow externally, cultivating and nurturing that growth, stability, the material world, and even community. I equate pentacles with external growth. This can represent a job, a project, or a goal that will have like real-world impacts on your life and change how you interact with the world around you for better or for worse. The most crucial part of developing this external growth, which featured on pentacle suit is like nurturing and cultivation. We see this in cards like but not limited to the seven of pentacles, eight of pence, and all the court cards. We They tell us how worthwhile our goals take, like how worthwhile goals take a while to cultivate and get things right and how we need to focus on them in a balanced way. It's like... <laughs> You know, develop them in developing them into something more substantial. The pens remind us that we that we deserve to be a little selfish at times when it comes to investing in ourselves. When we invest in ourselves correctly, we can be in better service to help others or even recognize our own self worth. You can't speak about the pens and earth without bringing up stability. Before we build up to anything, we need the earth underneath our feet, a solid foundation to build up from. This comes back to self-investment and also making sure that you are chasing goals that aren't on shaky grounds. We want to build up to something that will help you like leave a legacy or something um, you've invested a lot of time and effort into that will continue to give back to you when you're all done with that particular goal like we see on the 9, 10, and King of Pence. It also comes as no surprise that... The pence come up quite a bit when it comes to financial matters. They can show like the ebb and flow of finances and how many of us want to build up to something comfortable and hopefully leave a little bit for our families or at least give them a comfortable lifestyle where they won't have to need for much. We see an ebb on the five of pence and we see financial success on the 10 of pence. But the rest of the suit definitely tells us the story about financial investment and how we can can personally add some like extra coins to our pockets. One of the biggest lessons that depicts that can be found on cards like the seven and eight of pentacles, patience and being consistent. Last but not least, while we spoke about relationships and the cup suit the last episode, like pens reminds us how important and like integral community is when it comes to our goals. We're so often told that, you know, we should only count on ourselves, but the pen shows us that many of us can't get much of anywhere when it comes to our growth if we don't have a little build-up of help. Whether it is discussing and ironing out details with knowledgeable people, as seen as on the three of pence, or being... (laughs) Invested in or investing in yourself by going to someone who provides a service to help you on your way to um, on your way to your goals is seen on the six of pence. That same card, the six of pence, can show us how important it is when we reach a certain point where we can help, um, where we should help, like reinvest in our communities, definitely in a balanced way, but you know, help out. a way to get other people's goals off the ground
0: so robin how do you view view the pence i have literally nothing to add (laughs) that was really good that was a really good coverage of pence um yeah i've got nothing to add the only thing actually the only thing i will add is that when you talked about the symbolism and how sometimes it comes up as coins sometimes fruit i've also seen it come up as rocks Mm -hmm. stones um and i've also seen it come up like Reoccurring mm-hmm. as globes, mm-hmm. literally. Ooh, I like globes. Yeah, literally mm. using like little Earths. Isn't that Aww, cool? That is
1: cute. I like
0: that. Really <laughs> <like that> <laughs> talked about earlier in the episode, we have a very special guest today. We are joined by Laura, uh, the the author of Brujería de Rancho. Do you want to tell us a little bit about
2: yourself? Uh, My name is Laura Davila. Uh, I'm the author of Mexican Sorcery, a Practical Guide to Brujería de Rancho. Um, I'm from Monterrey, Mexico. I emigrated here about 13 years ago. Uh, I was born and raised in Mexico, and I practice brujería, hechicería and Salmería, and a little bit of curanderismo. And um, right now, I'm trying to promote my book and, uh, you know, like let people know that is so many ways to practice magic within the the, the Mexican spectrum of spirituality, not only one.
0: Yeah, well, so going off of that, uh, for our listeners who maybe have no idea about anything like this, can you kind of describe to them what brujería actually
2: is? Well, um, brujería uh, in the Latin sense can mean a lot of things. Um, just like the word "witch" have a lot of different nuances and like meanings to different people we have the same um, thing in uh, the spanish language you know uh, for some people a bruja could be somebody who practice uh, you know like magic and witchcraft in different ways depending in the country that there, this person resides i'm specifically from the northeastern part of mexico where uh, we have this this practice pretty much like divide in different ways, like um, brujería uh, as brujería de rancho is a way to connect with our, our ancestry, a uh, way to readdress balance and justice, a way to achieve things like we wouldn't be able without witchcraft um, a way to balance like circumstances because this practice was created by people um, struggling a lot, having a lot of disadva- uh, social and political disadvantages compared to other groups who were probably living in the cities who had less um, access to education, to justice who had like not the same living conditions that other groups they were like more vulnerable in some ways
0: yeah alright that, that I think that makes sense mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I hope it makes sense to people listening <laughs> um, so going off that again when were you first introduced to Brujarías is this something that you know was always around you or did you kind of have a moment in your life where you registered it as a form of magic
2: well um, my I was lucky enough to met all my grandmothers not only like my mother's mom or my, you know, my dad's mom. I I, I was lucky enough to have my great grandmothers around. So with that being said, uh, all of them have their own ways to practice magic. You mm-hmm. know, my grandma Diana used to make a living from amarres, hechizos and, you know, from being a, a bruja, while my, my grandmother Socorro was more like a, in like a mystic side where she had her beliefs and she only like used it, these beliefs for her own family, for her own like small circle. So I had the, the two ways of the spectrum. My grandfather, on the other hand, he 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 was a Rosicrucian, So he was a very spiritual person. He was a tarot reader, but he was more into like hide magic. So <laughs> I have like a little everything from everyone. That's how. <laughs> pretty much I started since I was very young
1: well that's great that you're surrounded by so much family who practice, yeah. a lot of people don't have that so that would have been amazing growing up th- with all
0: that <laughs> yeah. so but I think that's something that a lot of people um, kind of wish they had mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, it, I think like that's another thing like here when people like immigrate to the United States, mm-hmm. like forget about that. But in Mexico, even if it's not to make a living out of it, everybody has that in in like in some way because mm-hmm. you pretty much don't have an other option to believe in magic because it's not like here, like where you have like a social security or access to things like you know I know like once you're like middle class it's really hard to have like medical insurance but if you're like to the really really poor side you have medicaid you have food stamps you have a lot sure. of things that we don't have over there we don't have an, an unemployment um, insurance you just get on it you don't get unemployment you just you get fucked
0: <laughs> so
2: <laughs> you don't have other thing but your faith and that's fake fate is what at some point had to become magic in order to su- to survive yeah. so I think it's yeah I got very lucky because you know this was by one side of my family more professional in some way because they were a business after all mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. all of us as Mexicans have this because the lack of The resources we have to support ourselves or rely on something that is you know like a way to have like a a a parenting like a a, something to hold on a grip so Mm -hmm. i think that's magic for in witchcraft for a lot of mexicans that's why i think it's more common in latin america than even here because it's funny like everybody says like oh i have you noticed like everybody mexican everybody who's mexican or cuban or puerto rican has a grandma or a tia or yeah because of that because i think like life circumstances that's what it makes you a bruja you know Mm -hmm. so that's why it's more like common in like countries like like mine too to be more you know surrounded if it's not By family for people in your community who is very very magical in some way. Yeah. Yeah. So one a very like hot button
1: topic in the community is how do you explain the difference between Catholicism and folk Catholicism to someone unfamiliar with the practice?
2: Well, first of all, I will say like the, the the two things are very like linked to each other. It couldn't exist one without the other but specifically in mexico right now we have more like a cultural catholicism Mm -hmm. than what people like believe in church like right now we're like in a really like catholicism crisis in mexico and not only because people is very disappointed on the clerical because of the uh the pedophilia the, you know and things mm-hmm. like that it's just like they don't they don't see like they like they see this clerical that they're so far away from social reality mm-hmm. so um, and I think people at least in Mexico the only thing that they have after all is our faith we cannot quit our faith but we can quit the dogma <laughs> the institution, the Mm -hmm. rule, you know? But our faith is something that makes us, like, keep going, you Mm -hmm. know? So, and it's funny because somehow I see, like, the Mexican people is like, okay, I love my faith, but I hate the church, and we're fine with that. But somehow here in the United States doesn't think that that people cannot grasp that concept like they grasp like oh i'm very patriotic i love my country but i hate the government i really Mm -hmm. despise Mm -hmm. the system which is pretty much the same but you know you know in this area so uh i think folk catholicism right now and in the last Century has influenced more the Catholicism itself than Catholicism influenced the folk Catholicism, at least in Mexico. Mm -hmm. And this because, I don't know if you know, but um, we had a very recent war. I don't think it's even 100 years older because it was around 1940 where we had the Cristero War, you know, mm-hmm. where, you know, if you were a priest or if you were a nun or you were somebody following Catholicism, you will get fusillated. We have a lot of martyrs and priests that who died during those, the, those years. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of r- brujería de rancho um, started in that way in a lot of like states because people start taking their altars to their, their privacy of their homes because they couldn't go to the church.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
2: instead of be a man, a priest, giving away faith or like imparting faith, it was our abuelas who were mm-hmm. defending and who were passing on that faith. And this Cristero war lasted about like eight to 10 years. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's funny because everybody thinks like, oh, you know, Mexico is obligating you to be Catholic. And I'm like, well, obviously they don't know, like Adolfo Díaz Calles, uh, Lázaro Cárdenas, they were not Catholic. Benito Juárez was not a Catholic. A lot of our presidents of that uh, in that uh, time, they were actually agnostic or were masones. Mm-hmm. We're totally against Catholicism and and you know that's how you know people started to developing this, this side of folk Catholicism more like stronger mm-hmm. um, and when everything like stabi- stab- stabilized um, yes. hey, so right. people just continue with those same teachings in that same way of practicing Catholicism Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think, like, at least in Mexico, folk Catholicism has inf- influenced more the church, at mm-hmm. what we know as church today, than the other way around, which is, mm-hmm. like, very hard to believe, but historically, that's why.
0: That yeah, it makes perfect sense. sense to me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> On the complete opposite end of
1: the spectrum, we had a lot of questions, well, we had some questions about... A favorite herb but more specifically what is a staple in mexican herbal magic that you think everyone should have in their pantry
2: ah uh, well that's a that's a hard question uh, because <laughs> you know um, i think like at least in mexican magic is it's like a broad term And that's Mm -hmm. something that I had trying to be very clear about, because Mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons why I wrote Mexican Sorcery, because I started seeing a lot of this is the traditional way to make Mexican magic. And this is the Mexican way. And this is the authentic one. (laughs) And I started like, okay um, in what part of Mexico? It's just like saying like Mm -hmm. there is a traditional pozole. Yeah, maybe like some people in the United States will be more familiar with the red pozole, you know. But if they go another parts of Mexico and they ask for a pozole, maybe they will get a green pozole, a white pozole, or one. a black a black pozole.
0: The best one is the green mm-hmm. one. Okay, well, exactly. I was going to record so- to state that the best one is green. <laughs> and if you think otherwise you're wrong and I hate to say that for you I really do I I hate to see it
2: (laughs) (laughs) and that's something like (laughs) if I have like of course I love the green one but that doesn't mean that's the only authentical and traditional Uh, pozole absolutely
0: Mm -hmm. another
2: thing that I found like funny that I put the the same example where okay all the pozole have comedy doesn't matter what because that's what makes pozole if you right, want to take core ingredient <laughs> yeah if you want to take the folk catholicism or brujería it's not brujería anymore No, it, at least not in the mexican sense you're right you're practicing something else but don't call it like that just like if you take the, the hominy out of the pozole don't call it pozole call it caldo because it's a caldo <laughs> so, um, so with that being said like when we talk about herbs I personally come from the northeastern side of Mexico. There is a very mm-hmm. desertic environment there. Even if you have a lot of mountains, these mountains is like you, if you go to the mountains in Arizona, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So you have a specific like flora and fauna over there that you will not actually have in Veracruz or in Mexico City or in Yucatan. So a lot of these Mexican witches that they're like working their magic and their brujería with certain ingredients and plants, they're they're not actually working with the same ones in other mm-hmm. side of the country because we're a, we're like huge and we're so different in flora and fauna. Like I can say, like I love to work with gobernadora, and somebody else well, well but I don't have gobernadora here, and they're still in Mexico. So mm-hmm. when I did uh, Mexican Sorcery, I, I I actually did like a chapter where it's like, you know, it doesn't matter if, if, if we're part of Mexico you're from. All of us are working with these herbs, you know, that you have mm-hmm. in your pantry, that you have in your kitchen already. There are plants that you already have some kind of connection because they're around you all the time. Mm -hmm, Uh, let's focus not on what my ancestors used to work some of the those they used to work but let's you know make it to the point like everybody even if you are in europe or even if you're in other country you have access to do these. because otherwise i will be like how much we complain about capitalism imagine if i make you chip things that belong to other ecosystems mm-hmm. you know yeah. and bothering those ecosystems so and i think like any kind of witchcraft brujeria is really like earth-based we have to have certain thing like at least respect for those ecosystems so i for me like i i work a lot like right now with rosemary i work a lot with uh cinnamon things that i have offhand it doesn't matter if tomorrow I am in Michigan or I am Nevada or I am in South Dakota, you know. Um but I will say like of course in Mexico, like I will say everybody works with Rue, but here it's so hard to get Rue. Like go to Home Depot. Go to Home Depot. A... What?
0: Was... I'm in Texas. They oh, don't like cuz that's where i always go home depot they've always got it in the plant section for sale yeah like you know the outdoor garden section mm-hmm. i mean you got to get it alive but they do yeah. have it
2: check your lows check your home depot they sell it as an outdoor shrubbery <laughs> yeah so i will say that and just like i said like one of the reasons to make this book was to make everybody to feel like hey this is my way but if your grandma talked you other way, probably your grandma was not living in the same specific area where I was. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if she taught you something, a little just adapt it. It is nothing wrong with that. You know? My my mm-hmm. my way or my grandma's way is not the only way because just like I said, we're an, we're not a monolith. We cannot be because the ecosystem will not even allow us to be, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. yeah.
1: I think it's, <clears throat> I, I completely agree. Working with native plants is so important to like preserving and then also helping get rid of invasive plants by using them a yeah. lot. In your
0: <laughs> Absolutely. <clears throat> so another hot button in our community is surrounded around the evil eye and things like appropriation and stuff like that. And in my growing up, we had mal de ojo for evil eye as well. It's the same thing, um, at least in my experience. So uh, because we see this come up in other cultures, do you feel as though they are functionally the same thing as like the very popular Turkish evil eye or are they a little different?
2: Well, uh, I cannot talk for everybody. I can talk for the Course. Mexican culture. <laughs> And how we end up with all these amulets and talismans and even beliefs around things like the evil eye. That even somebody somebody can say, oh, it's not evil eye. It's not mal de ojo. It's malocchio. And probably all of us are worth talking the same. Mm -hmm. You have to remember. And that's something that I tell them, like, Every time somebody said like, oh, but that that's very alike what I, I do or what my grandma doing. I'm not Mexican and you're not Italian or you're not from Germany. You have to remember like the world has, I don't know how many thousands of years. <laughs> and before these borders were other borders.
0: Mm-hmm. And were
2: other people conquering other realms and, you know, so... I think all like Romans, you know, like Spain, Iberia, Germany, Italy, and all that area share a lot of the same, you know, like ideas and beliefs and superstitions. And yes, we as Mexicans have a lot of indigenous heritage, but we do have a lot of Iberian and Roman heritage. Mm-hmm. So we 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 end up with the same, you know, like beliefs in somehow, you know, that we mixed after you know colonization with with our first native ancestors have because they, they believe in the evil eye too. Mm-hmm. So um a lot of people ask me why do... Uh, I have it here, by the way. Why d- do d- did we end up with a uh, ojo turco in a book like Mexican Sorcery? Well, you have to remember that we were conquered by, by Spain, but Spain was subjugated 800 years for the Moorish first. Mm-hmm. So the, the conquer was conquered before and it was <laughs> like that for 800 years
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: so <clears throat> the, the, the Moorish and the Arabs and the Turkish brought these to Spain and then Spain brought it Probably to us and, or a lot of our indigenous different uh, communities already believe in some kind of the same and that's how we end up with this super strong believing in in El Malojo. Yeah. So that's why (laughs) we end up with that in Mexican sorcery. Just like, like the Mano de Fatima, you know, there is like a lot of like historical context. Why in every botanica that you're going today, Mm-hmm. esoteric shop in Mexico or in, even in the United States you're going to see the, the Hamza mm-hmm. as a Mexican uh, thing which you know we adopted um, because of our, like cultural and spiritual ties with these cultures that settled and at the same time like interchange at some point
0: beliefs uh-huh. and uh-huh. you
2: know superstitions and and religion so yeah so really at the end of the
0: day we have the romans to blame for everything i'm really <laughs> glad that we're all on the same page about that i'm so glad they're dead no, i'm just kidding that was dope <laughs> people in rome are like Ma'am, I'm in. I'm in ancient Romans for the record. <laughs> the ones that did I the mean, marching with the spears, okay? <laughs> marching with the spears, they did. You know that? Oh, yeah, on, know like them. a lot of Europe, their roads are designed around Roman marching.
1: <gasps> yeah, actually, in Germany, we still had Roman roads, Roman gates, and all that. Yeah. So yeah. Not to get off
0: topic, but yeah. Not to get off I topic. What? And that's why I
2: laugh. That's why I laugh because we, we, we want to like differencing, difference each other from each other. Like me, like a Mexican, my family has centuries living in the same area of Mexico. And my, my husband is third generation American, but his family is from Germany, Mm -hmm. but all of like, he has a lot of beliefs that they're very like similar, like mine, Mm -hmm. like, like let, let me tell you like in in like new years he likes to clap a lot and make a lot of noise so all the bad <laughs> spirits go and i'm like in el rancho we take out of the guns and <laughs> so the, the noise but it's a roman thing we, we mm-hmm. but it's the same he he likes to make a lot of noise so all the bad vibes and bad spirits go away on new years and i do the mm-hmm. same and we were like that's weird yeah because at the end of the day we're like so far away like and like related to each other and Mm -hmm. just like maria said like we do this in germany right Mm -hmm. it's the same thing And, and nobody is appropriating anything we just belong to the same place at some point yeah that makes sense
1: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. <laughs> so we have time for one more question. So without ruining your book, what's one thing you think all people should keep in their back pocket to protect themselves from hexes or jinxes?
2: That's a good one. Well, depending, I think if you ask me what I will choose in my book for my community, which is I think a really target community to get mm-hmm. hate intolerance hate intolerance and uh, racism is, uh, is one, one, one that it talks about an amulet that talk, a remedy that talks about um, San Martín de Porres uh, San Martín de Porres was a saint who was a, a mulato, a mestizo a mixed person who wanted to go to college to study but he couldn't because of the color of his skin Mm-hmm. He was uh, the son of uh, uh, an African woman, an African uh, Panamanian slave. Uh, that uh, then after was not a slave because she she um, had a son with a Spaniard noble, mm-hmm. and they had this baby. Uh, but he couldn't like do a lot of things like his his sister because he, her sister was like white passing while he was more like into the dark side
0: mm-hmm. um
2: so he he deal with a lot of discrimination and i think that's something that we as latinos as you know women as um queer people deal a lot you know so mm-hmm. that's what I will say like the San Martin Porres uh, broom and that's what I would recommend you know um, for, for everybody I love Thank that
0: <laughs> so before we leave can you just remind our listeners where they can find your book
2: and where they can find you on social media please uh, it's Daphne La Chisera. Uh, that's my social media. You can find me like that. Which Laura will Lada be linked,
0: linked in the description. Uh,
2: <laughs> the book you can find it everywhere. I really recommend to get it from local uh, botanicas because they 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 need or, or support to survive. Um, mm-hmm. And I have a Twitter. I have a TikTok. Um, and that's it. The only thing that I would like to add uh, for especially the Mexican American community is is this um, and it's something that I would like somebody to tell my great-grandchildren when I'm not here immigration is an act of love I know you sometimes can feel disconnected, uprooted you know like set apart or the feeling of not belonging but somebody three, five four generations ago crossed the border for you even if you were not even here yet. That person was already loving you for you to have a better life, to give you a better future. So just know that you're loved. And the fact that you're here is because somebody else risked their own life, leave their own parents, probably their dead people behind, just for you and to give you a better life. Embrace who you are, embrace every side of who you are. And. I think that's the best way to to honor our ancestry, to honor our ancestors. I love that's- that. Yeah.
0: So, Maria, what's stirring your cauldron? <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs>
1: So I'm currently in the process of removing all traces of winter from my home. And it has (laughs) gave me the itch to refresh my altars, in particular with like how they look and like cleaning them with special waters I make. And I completely revamped my divination altar, which if you follow me on social media, you've probably seen this change. I'm just so happy with how it turned out. My biggest gripe with how it was decorated before, is that I didn't have much room for larger spreads or even a journal and I've redesigned it in a way that not only can it handle those things but it doesn't look bare which is what I was most worried about it's one of those times where the vision I had in my head <laughs> and how I wanted how I wanted it to look turned out how it did so I (laughs) and I really want to redo my altar like all my other altars in particular the altar that I have that features the triangle shelf once again if you're on my social media you've probably seen it. (laughs) You're
0: familiar
1: (laughs) but other than that I also like have a plan to sometime this year make a Hecate altar outside my front door and also like start nurturing my Hestia altar on a new ant. Teak table that I got while thrifting. So, yes, redoing all the altars and just giving them kind of like a little glow up.
0: <laughs> I love that. Thank you. I think that's nice. I've seen the. I've seen the the divination redo and i really like that <laughs>
1: thank you the little so cicada earrings i that you got me i put them on there because they're really cute oh,
0: i like that I yeah i'm really good at giving gifts guys Yeah, Robin is. it's true it's probably the best thing i'm at good at you know what i mean i <laughs> humble very humble well also very hot so i mean again we're circling back to all my positives <laughs>
1: so robin what is not stirring your cauldron this week thank you so much for asking
0: oh yeah no problem. um i am so sick and tired of winter i'm sick of it i want winter to piss off i am over it you know it is almost march snowed last night snowed um stop it cease enough uh i'm done it is currently 24 degrees out or negative 5 celsius for our non-american listeners um i would like to die uh (laughs) i'm so over it i hate winter i really do like i was not made for snow i like we moved here we moved here and i i thought that i i think that i thought when we moved here that i was that i liked snow do you Mm -hmm. know what i mean because mm-hmm. my only experience with snow was like on holiday, and now mm-hmm. I'm like, get it away from me! It's cold, I'm freezing. I don't know. <laughs> want- you know that you know that sound on TikTok that's like, man, I'm a male, I'm a he. I'm not into that mentally ill stuff. Do you know that sound? No. <laughs> First of all, hilarious sound. I'll find it and send it to you. Secondly, um, how I feel about it is like, no, it's snow. I hate it. Get it out. I'm not into that cold, wet shit. <laughs> um, I just hate it. I hate I think it think that's so much. Fair.
1: That's fair. Like, I'm fine with snow if it's like only during the holidays and then it's done. And then it's
0: great. it didn't even snow here at Christmas so i'm like enough we're done christmas is over the holidays are over valentine's over well you want to hear something that will make you mad yeah it's 82 degrees here today suck my ass like (laughs) honestly I i am begging for that kind of weather again and the thing is is that like i am from the bay area i'm from san francisco it's cold there like it's like it's the bay it's mm-hmm. cold it's foggy but it is not snowy and, and i don't mind being cold okay mm-hmm. within reason <laughs> yeah, give me like a 45 degrees chili i'm like burr it's 45 a little nippy out not like if I put my bare foot on the ground, I will get frostbite. Cold. Like, I'm over it. I'm so over it. I'm ready for spring, like real yeah. spring, not like the spring last year where it snowed in May. Like real spring. <laughs> That's fair. I
1: hope you get yeah. it. I hope you. Thank get you. It. <laughs>
0: If you've just joined us this week, every single week we talk about creators that we are loving right now. This could be shops, artists, photographers, uh, bloggers, YouTubes, podcasts, just anything that we have found that we think is pretty freaking neat. So that being said, Maria, who are you into this week? I am into, okay,
1: I've already kind of like hyped this in a previous um, episode, (laughs) but it was before I received it and I was just super excited about it, but I have received it now, so I can hype it even more. Okay. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about the Love Oracle of Eden. It's an Oracle deck that is stunning. The photography is done by the Tog Father on Instagram. I'm not sure if they have a TikTok or anything, but it is so beautiful and so diverse and gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And <sighs> Like, if you've seen the Tog Father stuff, it's, like, classic paintings um, that feature, like, angels and stuff like that. But, you know, the deck (laughs) has very, very queer cards, which is very Mm -hmm. nice to see and very beautifully done. And the, oh my gosh, the edges are, like, this matte, like, dusty rose i've never seen that on the deck before and it's just dusty really beautiful rose. yeah that like a dark dusty really rose nice. it is but i highly recommend looking it up and getting it because it is beautiful even the opening process was beautiful they did a great job on the deck
0: so who you been loving so Llewellyn sent me a box and i mean I know that you've gotten boxes from Lil well before too, like care package boxes. Do You know, mm-hmm. the ones I'm talking about. Yeah. And typically like the ones I get, I'll be honest, are really not my thing. Um, it's not that they're not cute. It's just like, I'll get, I'll get like those kind of care packages for stuff that like is nothing that has to do with my wheelhouse. So I'm like, well, this was really cute, but thank you. But I don't know what you want me to do with this. <laughs> um But this week I got one from them with the new book. It's called uh, Tarot in Love, Mm -hmm. and it's by Elliot Doctor Elliot Adam, um, who I'm a huge fan of already. Mm -hmm. He's done two other books I think for Llewellyn that are all Mm -hmm. tarot based, and they're really good. And this particular package I got was so cute. It came with like the 1909 like re print of the writer wade smith and like the book is like nice it's really nice i haven't read it fully in yet but like the bits i have read i'm like i love this i'm obsessed (laughs) so i'm super super jazz on it like actually so jazz i can't wait to like crack into it
1: oh i really like it to me because i really i want to read it too i've seen at stores and it does look really good
0: it's i mean yeah it's really cute i'm really i'm really vibing it And Elliot, in general, is somebody that I really respect Mm -hmm. uh, as a, like, fellow professional tarot reader. Um, I just really like his perspective on things in general, Mm -hmm. and I don't know. I just just like it, and so I'm very excited to see kind of the deep dive on it from a love perspective. I think it's going to be great, so I'm very excited. So we have
1: one more pick say, we also have
0: the <laughs> listener pick so who yeah. is it
1: <laughs> it is native house ceramic co on instagram and okay. it's it, of course it's ceramics and so it's they have like really cute like coffee mugs and stuff like that and i highly recommend like looking them oh up because God. it's
0: really pretty and gorgeous yeah i love this the dice do you see the dice i didn't see the dice oh my gosh it was posted on january 9th so cool stoneware dice i would have never thought of that neither i don't think that that would hold up in a gambling casino but you know what very (laughs) cool regardless (laughs) i brought my own dice it's made of clay (laughs) <laughs> it's not weighted or anything. Trust me.
1: <laughs> but no, the stuff is stunning. And I like how, yeah. like,
0: I don't know, like bare
1: bones it is. It's not like overly painted, like a bunch of, you know. Mm-hmm places yeah Almost. yeah yeah i i love it but yeah if you want to send us your choices i usually try to post on instagram like you know tell us Little your picks so bored, yeah, yeah keep an eye out and but you can also just DM
0: direct us directly we will remind you though that just because you send us something doesn't mean we're gonna share it for certain we're gonna do our best to share as many as we can mm-hmm. um within reason of course so Yeah, just even if you don't hear your share get posted, it's not because we don't like it necessarily. It just means we probably didn't get to it. So Mm -hmm. keep sending us your stuff. We're so excited. Thank you all so much for joining us today. We hope that we will see you again on Friday, March 3rd for our Coffee Talk episode or on March 10th for our fifth episode of season four. You can keep an eye out on our social media or you can just go straight to coffeeandcauldrons.com to find out more information as well as links to all of the social media. (laughs) Don't forget to join us on Patreon February 25th for author Laurel Woodward on a for a class on kitchen magic for the library and up if you cannot make the class but you'd like to watch it it will be available uh, recorded a few days after the class indefinitely on patreon
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and additionally our Patreon Magical
1: Beginnings offers our special 25 minute part 2 episode a huge library of articles about witchcraft a discord community full of fun events
0: and discussions so many events
1: so many (laughs) events we have like a spell of the month and a book club and a group meditation the class and like so many things a monthly
0: hangout that you just started oh yeah we did
1: just start that didn't we yeah (laughs) this month has lasted forever just like january so (laughs) (laughs) but and we even have a tier that offers one-on-one conversations with robin and myself yes
0: so please, if you love our sexy, sensual, beautiful voices, take a moment <laughs> to review us on whatever streaming service that you are tuning in from, such as Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We love reading your reviews, and rating us with five stars helps us to be seen by others. Thank you to everybody who already has and everybody who will rate us. We appreciate you very much. And again, this is Coffee and Cauldrons. With Robin from at a Tired Witch on Instagram.
1: And I'm Maria from at Maria the Arcane on Instagram you ready? Are ready?